At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Follow along on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, we'll talk more football with Frank Schwab from Yahoo. As uh, we'll get into the NFL preseason, talk about little uh, futures bets for the NFL, some quarterback battles, injury news, things like that all around the league. I wanted to touch on some NBA nuggets and also as it relates to the NFL because this year the NFL will have three games on Christmas Day. Christmas falls on a Sunday, so your triple header on Christmas will be the Packers at the Dolphins a 1 o'clock Eastern time start. Your 4.30 Eastern time start is the Broncos at the Rams, and then your night game on NBC, the Bucks at the Cardinals. So you'll get Aaron Rodgers, you'll get Russell Wilson, and Tom Brady all on Christmas. Why do I bring that up? Because Shams Charania from The Athletic has released a tweet earlier on Sunday about the proposed NBA Christmas schedule. Now, we all know the NBA truly starts on Christmas Day, right? Everything before that's just the preseason. But uh, here are the games according to Shams' tweet. This is not official. This is according to Shams, who's got great sources. He's already uh, He already broke the news that the first game of the season is going to be the Lakers at the Warriors on October 18th. That has been confirmed, Um, so now we're taking him at his word because this is who he is and what he does, and he's built up that reputation. So here is the Christmas Day schedule. Don't know times, but we can assume based on who the teams are, when they would play. Bucks at the Celtics. Interesting. Two of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. 76ers at the Knicks. Hey, the Knicks are returning to Christmas. The Knicks used to always play. They've played a lot of Christmas Day games. They used to always play the first game on Christmas, like the um, the noon kickoff, like the 11.30 a.m. noon Eastern time kickoff, uh, kickoff tip-off uh, on Christmas. I know, because I used to work all those games. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's not the Bucks celtics that's the first game of the day, that it's 76ers-Knicks that might be the first game of the day. Then the Bucks celtics kind of slide into that, you know, 2 o'clock, 2.30, 3 o'clock window, because uh, then you got Suns at Nuggets, Lakers at Mavericks, 
Grizzlies at Warriors. I would assume you could do Grizzlies at Warriors as your primetime game. And then Suns at Nuggets, maybe. See, I don't know. Suns at Nuggets, because there has to be a late night game. So maybe Grizzlies at Warriors is the late night game. But usually that late night game doesn't get as many eyeballs as the regular prime time window. So could be LeBron and the Lakers at the Mavericks as the prime time game. And then the Clippers, Grizzlies at Warriors late. Suns at Nuggets also on the schedule. So now here's the, a very interesting aspect of this. Milwaukee fans, in, you know... <sighs> or should I say Wisconsin fans, (laughs) you could get the Bucs playing the Celtics at the same time the Packers are playing the Dolphins. Which game gets the eyeballs? Bucs at Celtics, Packers at Dolphins. The answer is football. Football always wins. But... Maybe the NBA schedule makers would be better off having that game a little bit later on in the day, although it's always going to intersect. If it's the noon tip-off, you'll have an hour of basketball prior to the football start. And if it's a 3 o'clock tip-off, well, that's in right, right in the heart of the football game. So uh, that is going to do better. Same thing, Denver. You can have the Nuggets playing at the same time as the Broncos. The Lakers, same time as the Rams. You could have the Suns, same time as the Cardinals. Football's going to win that day. But I'm curious to see how they layer out these games, what the schedule is going to be for these games. The other bit of NBA news that we saw last week, it was reported that the NBA is going to retire number six for Bill Russell for uh, all 30 teams. Players like LeBron James and anybody that currently wears number six is going to get grandfathered in. So uh, we'll see LeBron wearing number six. Um, The whole Kevin Durant trade possibility is just, it's just wild. Um, Don't know where he is going to end up. The Celtics is where he wants to go. And if you put the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics into the NBA trade machine, now the trade machine is not the end-all be-all, but if you were just trying to match salaries, right, everything has to start with Kevin Durant, and Jalen Brown. And then what else do you include besides first-round picks, of course, but you would have to maybe throw in, let's see. Nope. Let's go with... All right. Jalen Brown, Derek White, and Grant Williams all work out the numbers, the salary-wise, for Kevin Durant. This is a trade. Again, the trade machine is not the end-all, be-all. 
but mathematically it works. Would the Nets take this package? And if I just look at the Celtics draft picks this year, where they stand, let's see. They have a first rounder. No, not them. It's a, it's the Pacers pick in the first round, and it may or may not be transferred depending on the Celtics draft position. So I don't know if they own a lot of, I mean, it have to be future first round picks. I guess you can do a 2024 and 2025 for, okay, here's the trade. You put on your Sean Marks cap. That's the Nets GM for now, unless, you know, Kevin Durant has his way and he's fired. Would you accept Jalen Brown, Derek White, and Grant Williams with a 2024 first-round pick and a 2025 first-round pick for Kevin Durant? I think the answer's got to be yes, right? I mean, at this point, at this point, you know he does not want to be there. And I think this is a good enough kickback that you could make this work because you're getting two bona fide starters in Jalen Brown and Grant Williams. And then what you would look like here is let's say this is um let's just say this is the team next year if Ben Simmons plays and Kyrie stays Kyrie Irving at point guard Jalen Brown at shooting guard Ben Simmons and Grant Williams at forwards and or maybe you do you go small. No, maybe you go small and you go Simmons. So go Jalen Brown. You can man, you can even you can go three guards, two you can go three guards, two forwards. So you go Jalen Brown, Derek White, Kyrie Irving, Grant Williams, and Ben Simmons. That's that's your five. Or if Joe Harris is back healthy, Joe Harris is in that lineup. Yeah, you know, Nick Claxton, I mean, this is, I, I, if I'm the Nets, I do this trade just because I think it's like addition by subtraction also. Like, just get this thing moving. Just get Kevin Durant out of here because it's not going to end. It's not going to end well for you. What do you think you're going to do? You're going to fire Steve Nash? You're going to fire Sean Marks? You're going to let Kevin Durant get his way so he can put his, you know, Rich Kleiman in the front office and be the president of basketball operations for the Nets for the for the Nets and basically have uh, what is it is it Clutch Sports is that his thing? Basically have Clutch Sports run the uh, the oh no that's Rich Paul um, which was Kleiman's thing? That's Kevin Durant's guy. He owns what? What's his company? Is he in um, Thirty Five Ventures? That's, yeah, that's him and Kevin Durant. That's their company. 
So you Rich Kleiman comes in and becomes the president of basketball operations for the Nets, kind of like what the Knicks did with Leon Rose and, and you know CAA and whatnot. So now you have Durant essentially running the Nets. Put in whoever he wants as the head coach, and now you are just, you are, I mean, you're at his, his beckoning. That, that's it. Like, it's, you do whatever he says. As an organization, you have no power. You have given the player the power of your organization. Is that, is that That's going to win you a championship? It's what you want to do moving forward? Maybe it is. I just don't think it's smart. I'd ship him out. Let him go be happy. I'm Scott Sadenberg. We'll get back to football. We'll talk to Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports coming up next, right here on The Look Ahead, here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Your betting knowledge and confidence is at your fingertips. Visit vcin.com today. This is The Look Ahead on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Joining us now from Yahoo Sports, he is Frank Schwab. You follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. Frank, thanks so much for giving us a couple minutes here on VSIN. And let me ask you about the preseason. What's your reaction to all the overs that we have seen throughout the first week of the preseason? I mean, you know, you looked and you saw uh, there's a lot of low numbers, but you're like, well, you know, these, these offenses are not. Let's not forget that the defenses are third and fourth stringers, too. Like, I mean, just for an example, at the end of the Pittsburgh Steelers game, Kenny Pickett throws a pass out, and, and a cornerback just whiffs on a tackle, and a receiver walks into the end zone for the game-winning score. Like, that that can happen, too. I mean, when you, when you have all these these guys who probably aren't going to, you know, be in the league or they'll be on practice squads or whatever, you got to realize there's going to be breakdowns that way, too. So I always – I never just automatically look to the under in the preseason – and this year, it's just crazy. I, I think it's an anomaly. I think it's a little bit of a fluke. But we'll see how week two goes because I'm sure betters are going to be 
trying to ride that wave and catch in a few a few overs if especially the lines don't adjust that much yeah well the books are definitely adjusting we saw 39 yeah. total posted here for the raider game on sunday and then uh, i believe the thursday game has a total this coming thursday a total of 39 as well seahawks and the bears might have to go under with those two teams i mean, and those the, two I mean if we remember that the preseason hall of fame game got down to 29 at one point <laughs> I was like, like what like no i i was on the over just because of the same the same reasons i just talked about where it's like Okay, I realize these offenses aren't great, but neither are the defenses. So if you're gonna if you're gonna give me any NFL game that doesn't have a weather issue with 29 points as the yeah. over under, I will take the over just blindly, and and I'll probably end up being okay more often than not. You know, I talked about this earlier. I want to know if you agree with me. I think the new rules that we've had over the past couple of years with the limiting contact and practices, we see now these teams are, are, are unable to practice as much as they want to or as much as they used to. The players are wearing those smart caps on their helmets to protect themselves. There's just not enough hitting in practice and training camp now, which in the first couple of preseason games has led to sloppy tackling, guys not ready to get hit, and I think that's also a big factor why we're seeing such high scoring here week one of the preseason. I think that's a great point, and you saw it, I mean, in a few games, and especially the Seattle game sticks out to me. Seahawks were terrible tackling. I mean, they they just missed tackle after tackle after tackle, and you might be right, because what can these teams do in the summer over OTAs? Well, they can play a lot of seven-on-seven, seven, a lot of a lot of passing game stuff. They can really get that part of the game down, but you can't hit. You can't tackle. You're And I get it. I totally do. I'm not saying that the rules are bad or go back to hitting. And, no, no, no. This is smart. Keep guys healthy for the season. It's a long grind. But the effect is in preseason and maybe even early in the season, you're just not going to see tackling and, and physical defense the way you should because, again, it, like you said, it hasn't been practiced. But yet the passing games, which has obviously taken over the NFL the past 10 years or whatever, passing games are going to be a little sharper because that's what they can work on for all these summer months when you can't really hit. Is it, um, do we have to kind of hold ourselves back from overreacting to good performances that we see in one preseason game. I know everyone's calling for Kenny Pickett to start now for the yeah. Steelers, right? Because he's ready to start week one because of how good he looked in the preseason game. Uh, Sam Howell should be the starter over Carson Wentz in Washington. Uh, Malik Willis is going to make the Pro Bowl for Tennessee. So, I mean, we're, we're these are natural reactions, right? Right. I, I mean, I've put George Pickens in the Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah. Yes and no. I'll say I'll say that. I, I think that you have to watch. That's you know why you can't just box score scout. And I know a lot of people are sitting there watching the fourth quarters of preseason mm -hmm. games. And trust me, there are nights I don't want to be watching the fourth quarters of preseason <laughs> games. But if you watch, you look at Kenny Pickett's stat line. You're like, oh my goodness, he lit. Yeah, he's throwing a lot of short passes. Um, I mean, his his like a dot was like five or something like mm -hmm. that, which is average depth of target, really really low. It's just a lot of safe passes. Didn't take a lot of chances downfield, and he hit a lot of passes. Good for him. He played well, but. It doesn't necessarily mean he's a superstar already, but it is actionable in a way of, okay, let's say, you know, Pittsburgh in week two. We know they have three quarterbacks who played really well in week one. Those three quarterbacks still are in a competition. They're going to get all four quarters. When they're the fourth quarter, when who, I don't, I, I can't remember off the top of my head who they play this week, but when their fourth quarter quarterback is in there and he's some third, fourth stringer who's probably not going to make the team, he's going to be going against Kenny Pickett, first round pick. So, if it's you're the talking Jaguars, about so. Yeah, oh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville's in a position where I really actually kind of like them this week. So <laughs> it's really conflicting for me. But it's a team like that, if you see, you know, Sam Howell playing well or whatever, you realize, okay, well, he did play well. 
maybe that's actionable for week two and three when we're going to see more of them in the preseason. Why do you like Jacksonville? What was your lean on them uh, going here for their third preseason game? Uh, new coach and zero and two. I mean, it's very simple. I, I don't. I, I know that's that's very like bare bones, but we can see the psychology happening. Doug Peterson's not trying to go zero and four in the preseason, and I know everybody can say like oh, the seventy-two Dolphins didn't win a preseason game. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but just think about it. You're a new coach. You want to get off to a good start. They had that disaster year last year. Now all of a sudden, you're zero and two. You didn't look good in the, pre- the Hall of Fame game for sure. Last week was up and down. You you kind of want to get a win. Like you just want good feelings. You're you're not necessarily going all out to win, but I think that I think teams coming off a loss in week one really want to get that win in week two. You just don't want to go a month without winning a football game, even if it's it's meaningless. And I think that bears out a lot of times where you see teams who lost their first preseason game play a little bit, especially the teams that take it seriously. Rams and Chargers don't care. They they just they just want to get the season started. Yeah. But a team like Jacksonville that that kind of plays it regularly. Doug Peterson plays a preseason. How coaches have for throughout the years, he'll play some starters for. I think that those kind of teams, they want to get the win. They want to get off the stride. They don't want to go into the season not having won any games in August. And would you like the Panthers for kind of a, uh, not a similar reason, but because of the fact that Bill Belichick doesn't care about the preseason and because they have two quarterbacks that are fighting for a job? Yeah, and that's the thing. The thing is, Belichick's preseason record is really good. I think he was 49-36 and before they lost last week. So he... He does play it pretty. I mean, last week he didn't. He rested all the starters, but he usually does take it a little bit seriously. But yes, when you have a quarterback competition, you know those quarterbacks are playing deeper into the games. They need to get a look. And especially Matt Rule has said, I'm not making any decisions on my quarterbacks mm. until after week two. And he barely played his guys in the first preseason game. He's got to get a long look at them. So no matter what we think of Sam Darnold, he's still better than whatever New England's going to be throwing out there in the fourth quarter. So yes, another situation where I'm like, I, I want to take New England because Belichick has a good preseason record. They're coming off a loss, but I do think Carolina might be the spot here because they're going to give those quarterbacks such a long look. I'm curious what this number opens up at because I like the over in this game. I think that both quarterbacks from the Panthers are going to move the ball down the field, so they're going to score. And then Bailey Zappi just throwing the ball all over the yeah. field for the Patriots yeah. in the second half of this game. I think they're going to put up points on the backups for the Panthers. So I actually like the over between the Panthers and the Patriots here coming up on Friday. No line on that one uh, just yet. Um, The Lions, they'll take on the Colts for their second preseason game. We saw a lot of people betting the Lions in their first preseason game. They did not cover. Uh, They were favorites. They lose to the Falcons 27-23. It's the hard knocks factor, you know? And and I, I tell people all the time, listen, those People at HBO, they're good at their jobs. Like they really they do a good job of making the team look good, of making the viewer fall in love with that team. Are you falling for the Detroit Lions? I, I kind of am, and it was it was before <laughs> Hard Knocks. Okay, it was before Dan Campbell was doing up downs with the team and whatnot. It's a team that. You look at all the, the the things I try to look at as far as regression goes, and this is common. I, I'm not <laughs> reinventing the wheel here, but what was your record in close games? What were you against the spread last year? How did you finish? All these things are positive for the Lions. They were, yeah, they were 0-10-1, but any better knows 11-6 against the spread because they were losing close game after close game. That that doesn't carry over year to year. It just doesn't. They're, they're going to have better luck in close games. And then what happened late in the year? 3-3 three and three down the stretch. Played really well. Guys like Amon Ross St. Brown and other young guys really stepped up and played well. I think that I think they're in a good position to take a step forward. They really do. This isn't hard knocks. I think this goes back to last year. 
they like playing for Dan Campbell. They could have been, look, the last month of the season, after they got their one win, because everybody wants to get the one win. You don't want to be the winless team. After you got the one win, you could have been like, oh, okay, now where's my vacation? Yeah. How many days do I have left? It? No, these guys played hard until the end of the season. That really stuck out to me. They like Dan Campbell. They like playing for him. I'm not going crazy. I don't think the Lions are winning 13 games or anything this mm-hmm. year, but over six and a half? Sure. I, th- I think they're still at six and a half. Maybe it's even been pushed up. But everything with Lions is being pushed up because betters love them. Campbell's getting all the love. Aiden Hutchinson's getting all the love. They're even getting love for the NFC North. So Lions, the Lions hype is out of control. But, yeah, I'm on the bandwagon. Uh, I will say this. DeAndre Swift, probably the best running back that doesn't get talked about enough in I the NFL. Too, yep. Frank, let's talk. Uh, I want to ask your opinion on some of the quarterback battles. Who would you bet to make week one starts for these teams? And we'll take a look at some future propositions as well coming up. He's Frank Schwab. You check him out. Yahoo Sports at Yahoo Schwab on Twitter. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. all in our online store. Just go to vcin.com slash store and order now. That's vcin.com slash This is The Look Ahead on vcin, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon, made brighter. 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, rejoined by Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. You hit him up on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. And let's talk quarterback battles, Frank. And uh, we'll start off with the name that we talked about already, and that is Kenny Pickett. So, if uh, you were placing your wager right now, who starts week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett? You know, I do have to say this, at least, that I know this sounds funny. I don't think you could totally discount Mason Rudolph either. Ooh. Like Mason Rudolph is he was second in the game. He is, by all accounts, been the best quarterback in their camp. Now, some of that is just familiarity and all that kind of stuff. But he threw the dime to George Pickens. He played really well. I I don't know. I'm not saying he will, but we at least need to mention his name because I still think he's in the competition. I think it's Trubisky. The fact that he was first and he played just fine. Like, I I mean, I I don't he didn't light the world on fire. but He also threw just seven passes. Mm -hmm. I thought Trubisky played pretty well. I I thought he was fine. Pickett came in and we have to remember, like, look, the, the box score looked good. But as I said before, he was throwing a lot of short, safe passes and he's doing it against third and fourth stringers. Like I it's. It's not like Mike Tomlin goes back and watches the film and is like, oh my God, he's our starter week one. I, I, I don't think so. I think he knows the context. I still think it's Trubisky. He has a job. He didn't do anything really to take a step back. Now, mm-hmm. I think the next two weeks are big. Like, I think however these guys, these three guys play the next uh, the next couple weeks is going to be big. But if I had to bet right now, I'd take Trubisky because I think he holds them off, at least for week one. But if you look, by the way, if you look, they have a really tough September schedule. By October, I would assume, Kenny Pickers. All right, well, let's go a little uh, further south to Carolina. And is it going to be Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield? I, I'd like to, I'd like to like trump this up. Like, oh, we're going to have it. It's Baker Mayfield. Like, yeah. well, what are we doing here? What, what is Matt Rule thinking? Like, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't like, you didn't live through the whole, like, you, you tried to replace Sam Darnold all offseason. 
you finally get the trade done for Baker Mayfield, and then you're like, I don't know who our starting quarterback is. Like, come on. Come on, Matt. You don't owe the kid anything. You don't owe the kid anything. You just go with the guy who's going to be your starter, and that's going to be Baker. And and Baker, look, for all Baker's faults, and he has some, he has played well in the NFL. We can't say that about Sam. But last year he was hurt. That was a big factor. I might say Baker Mayfield's going to be a top 10 quarterback. No, but he's clearly the best quarterback on that roster. Started preseason game one. I don't know why. I don't know why they're going through this charade. I really don't. It's it's Baker's job, and I'd be absolutely floored if he's not the starter. I don't. Think. To the Pacific Northwest we go. To Seattle, is it going to be Geno Smith or Drew Locke? Now the thing about this one is there's been no signs that it's not Geno. Like mm. the whole off season, Pete has said it's Geno. Geno's number one. He's taken, I guess, pretty much all the reps with the first team. He took all the reps with the starters on against Pittsburgh. But I will say Drew Locke played well. Like, And I'm not a Drew Locke supporter. I, I'm based here in Denver, so I've seen and heard and, and had to talk about Drew Locke a lot. And I just don't think he's a, a viable NFL starting quarterback. But I thought he outplayed Geno. I really did. I thought he pushed a ball downfield a little more. Geno was very safe, and he played fine. He was a good game manager type, and, and Pete's going to like that because Pete Carroll just wants to hand the ball off a few times a game. And maybe, that, maybe that's why Geno hasn't been supplanted yet. But I, I take Geno for now, but I'll say this. Drew's got a shot. If he plays like he did against Pittsburgh again, uh, week two and week three, they, look, they traded for him for a reason. They included him in that trade for a reason. I think he's got a higher upside, at least, to Geno. Geno's a safer bet, but I, I'd take Geno for now, but I'll say the, the door is open for Drew Locke to still take. It's amazing. You give a wide receiver all this money in the offseason, like you're going to want to throw him the football, right? So you, you might, need- yeah. He's he's a big dude. He's gonna block a lot. You know? yeah. hey, that, that's what twenty six million gets you now for DK Metcalf. You know? I, I guess that's where. Yeah, you're paying for him to block on the outside. Sure, <laughs> why not? Uh, it, let's look at the awards market here. And since we're talking about some quarterbacks and and young players, let's go to the rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year, Kenny Pickett is getting some love. Uh, Drake London getting love as well. Uh, give me your take on the offensive rookie of the year market. It's a weird one because usually, okay, any awards market, right, we start with quarterback. Because voters start with quarterbacks, and they work their way back. I don't think Kenny Pickett is necessarily the guy to win there. And I don't know any other quarterback that's really in the hunt. So you almost have to, if you look, if you want to take Kenny Pickett, it's not the worst play in the world, but I don't think there's much value there. I don't want to wait on him. I, I wish that you would have talked to me a week ago because George Pickens' name is now just so hot that it, a lot yeah. of value has been extracted. But you look at how he plays, and I know I'm buying into training camp hype and preseason hype, but you look at that, that toe-tap touchdown he had in, the, in week one, and even a play he made on the sideline, you're like, this guy's legit. He looks like he belongs on NFL field, and it's not like the Steelers aren't competent in the passing game. Like I'm not, I know Trubisky's not the greatest quarterback in the world, but he can still get the ball up some receivers, and Pickett can too, apparently. So I'm all under the Pickens train right now. I think he's got a real chance. Maybe keep in mind, uh, Damian Pierce, I thought looked really good, the rookie running back for the Texans. It's all about opportunity. I want a guy who's going to play most of the season. I think Romeo Dubs is a guy. I guess it's Dobbs. I keep calling him Dubs just because it sounds cooler. The Green Bay Packers rookie with Christian Walker missing some time. It seems like he's the kind of flavor of the month in Green Bay as far as the rookie receivers go. Like He's got a shot. But I I do believe that somebody down the list, especially if you bet Pickens early or some of these other guys early, it's not going to be one of these. It's not going to be Brees Hall. It's not going to be Kenny Pickett. It's going to be somebody down the list, and there's going to be some big tickets being cashed when when offensive rookie of the year is settled. It'll be somebody that, like, in, in this market changes all the time, but watch it be like Desmond Ritter. 
You know, like yeah, Mark, it, it like go, Marcus yeah, Mariota. Mariota gets hurt week yeah. one, and you're holding a Desmond Ritter ticket. Exactly, it's, it's like, on at that yeah. point. Sam Howell, Sam Howell's another name. Like we we all make oh, it's just preseason game one, but Carson Wentz has been hurt his whole career. Gets hurt. It, it, Sam Howell gets that starting job sooner rather than later. He could do some things at getting that get race too. And I don't know what his odds are now, but he is way way down the board. Yeah, Sam Howell is seventy five to one. Yeah, so. right. You would love it. If Carson Wentz pulls a Carson Wentz and gets hurt in week three, you would you would enjoy holding that ticket. Listen, Malik Willis is at 50 to 1, yep. and I have a side bet with somebody off air that Malik Willis plays by midseason. So, wow, it could happen because I'm down on the Titans. I'm, I'm the Titans. very down on the Titans. I'm yeah, down right? on Tannehill. Yeah. All of a sudden, Tannehill's 34, I believe, maybe even 35. He's a little older than we think. And all of a sudden, if they're you know, three and six. Well, they got this, the Ferrari in the garage. Like, yeah. why not try it out? So I, I agree with you. I think he's viable too. I bet him. I bet that Malik Willis would be the starter by week eight. So, you know, we'll mm. see. We'll see what happens. It was a fun little side bet. Uh, defensive rookie of the year. Will it be anybody outside of Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau and Trayvon Walker? You know, I really like Carl Aftis, uh, the rookie defensive end for the chiefs and it's probably going to be a pass rusher because sacks play really well yep and this kid i mean he's going to play right away for a defense that really needs some help on a defensive line he's going to play a lot of snaps that was kind of his calling card at purdue plays a run well plays a pass well we saw against the bears look the bears offensive line is horrible it's horrible but he was getting pressured a lot and got a sack he looked good and i think i think carl aftis look i mean if you give me all these same odds on everybody, I'd probably pick Aiden Hutchinson, but that's not the case. <laughs> Carl Aftis there at 16 to one. Yeah. I think that there's a value there. I think that he's going to have a shot because I think he's going to play a ton, going to put up some sack numbers on a team that's going to be in a playoff race on national TV a lot. And I, I think he's got, I, I think if you're, if you're asking me outside those top three, I think Carl Aftis is the one I'm really looking at. You have an MVP bet. I love Trey Lance. The Lord, I, I love Tr- Lamar Jackson too. Don't get me wrong. And Josh yeah. Allen's a fine pick. I don't, but when you look at Trey Lance, look, with this time three years ago, we were not talking about Patrick Mahomes entering his second year as an MVP. We were not talking about Lamar Jackson winning an MVP at this time two years ago when he was entering his second year. Trey Lance, everything is set up for him really well. We saw him throw a nice deep ball to Danny Gray against the Packers at touchdown. He has got a cannon of an arm. And so many people gave up on Trey Lance. Every, there's been so much kind of negative energy about Trey Lance. Trey Lance has like, I, I believe it's it's like 83 passes in his career. Like, why are we giving up on him? He's got all the physical tools, a great offense with a great offensive coach, throwing to Ayuk and Samuel and Kittle. I I think that's going to be a good team. I think it's going to be a playoff team. Everything lines up for me for Trey Lance to be really good this year, fill up the stat sheet. And am I saying he's going to win MVP? Maybe not, but at those odds, I like it a lot. I, I think it, that Trey Lance is the one guy really far down. We know it's going to be a quarterback. MVP is a quarterback award. It's absolutely old. like there's uh, you need to run for two thousand yards or set a touchdown record as a running back. Nobody else can apply. It's good, probably going to be a quarterback. So you look at the quarterbacks who could make the playoffs because it's always a playoff team. You look at the quarterbacks who could put up some stats, make some splash plays. Trey Lance fills all those boxes, and he's way way further down the odds. And a lot of these guys who. I wouldn't even look twice at, but Trey Lance, yeah, I can make a case for him. That's a really interesting case. I am not as high on Lance and the 49ers as you are, but I can see the reasons why, and you laid it out there perfectly. So, and all you say, would you get a 50 to, I think I got him at 50 to 1 a few yeah. weeks ago. He's 40, all you 40 want to, to 1 right now. Yourself, yeah, just tell me, tell me a story where he could win MVP that's that's reasonable. And yeah, sure. The term, the term is, do you have a path? 
and right. you have and a path. A, there and is you have a path, path right now. Path for Trey Lance, whether you believe in him or not. Yes. Frank, appreciate the time and the conversation. Looking forward to doing it again soon. No doubt. I appreciate it. There he is. Check him out. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, at Yahoo Schwab on Twitter. Does a tremendous job covering the NFL and the world of sports betting for Yahoo Sports. I'm Scott Sadenberg. We'll take a look at the Major League Baseball board for Monday. Coming up next, right here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson, Josh Applebaum, and Jason Weingarten. Visit VEASAN.com slash podcast to start listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare Aim for free today this is the look ahead on vsin the sports betting network The College Football Guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations. Plus, our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VSIN All Access subscriber. Sign up for VSIN All Access today and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide. Subscribe now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Let's take a look at the Major League Baseball betting board for Monday. By the way, I tweeted out uh, a retweet of a very adorable video from the Tigers game of a kid dropping his hot dog and then... He puts his palm to his head, and he's like, oh, man. And that's how I feel when I leave money on the board anytime. I don't care what the sport is. If I leave money on the betting board, I'm like, oh, man. (laughs) Uh, Left money on the board by just not knowing that the World Junior Championships in hockey was going on now. I'm like so upset. The World Juniors is back. It's, It's usually played December into January, but because it got canceled for all the COVID games, uh, the COVID cancellations in uh, December, January, they decided to postpone, like restart it like now. So um, I'm like missing out on all these games. USA just did not cover. Sweden scored twice in the third period. USA won 3-2 over Sweden. But Sweden now plays second night of a back-to-back against Germany coming up here on Monday. Germany, uh, Sweden is minus three and a half goals. Don't know if I'd lay it. The play that I already gave out, Canada, Minus a goal and a half at even money up on the DraftKings Sportsbook. So not leaving money on the table anymore because we're going to dominate 
the last three days of the World Junior Championships. But let's take a look at the baseball board here for Monday. We have a double header, which is always fun. And the action gets started uh, bright and early, 3 o'clock Eastern time. It's not really bright and early, but it is on the West Coast. Uh, Tigers and Guardians from Cleveland. And game one, it says it's going to be Aaron Savale against Drew Hutchinson with the uh, Guardians at minus 235. But again, these pitching matchups can change in a doubleheader. Teams can decide we're going to push one guy back to game two, one guy up to game one. So uh, nothing set in stone as of yet. Brian Garcia is supposed to start for the Tigers in game two. And Xavion Curry, the rookie, is supposed to make his Major League debut, or as of right now, make his Major League debut in Game 2 for the Guardians. So don't know if that's going to hold true just yet. Obviously waiting on the pitching matchups and if we get confirmation of that come Monday afternoon. The Guardians currently two and a half games up on Minnesota for the Central Division. They have won seven of their last 10 games. Detroit, meanwhile, 1-9 and nine in their last 10 games. The Tigers have lost seven straight games. Doubleheader, Guardians, Tigers, starting early, 3 o'clock Eastern time on Monday. The Phillies, fresh off their uh, series loss against the Mets, We'll travel to Cincinnati to take on the Reds. Noah Syndergaard gets the start for Philadelphia against Mike Miner. Philly getting some good news as Bryce Harper is not making the trip to Cincinnati, but he is going to take live BP at Citizens Bank Park on Monday. So the Phillies will get a nice update on the status of Bryce Harper. They say that he is going to get some rehab starts. It probably won't be many. Like So first, he's going to hit off the high-speed pitching machine. Then he's going to face live pitching. And then he might get two rehab starts before he's back in the Phillies lineup. So we could be seeing Harper back really soon for the Phillies. And just think of how different this team could look in about a week or so from now. Kyle Schwarber back in the lineup. You know, he had that whole, you know, calf thing. Kyle Schwarber back in the lineup. Bryce Harper back in the lineup, and the Phillies ready to do some damage in the wild card spot for the wild card race, excuse me, in the National League. I like the Phillies here. Mike Miner stinks. He has become the new Yoan Adon for me. Mike Miner this season has made uh, 12 starts for the Cincinnati Reds. They are 1-11 in those 12 starts. I'm not exaggerating. I mean, that's the stats. They're 1-11 in Mike Minor starts. He has allowed three or more earned runs in, let's see, one, two, three, in nine of the 12 games. He has allowed three or more earned runs. Actually, forget about the earned run stat. Let's talk about regular runs scored because there was one game where he allowed one earned run, but five runs were actually scored. So let's make that 10 of 12 games. He has allowed over three or more runs in 10 of 12 games. So I would be looking at maybe a Philadelphia team total in this one. And I do like Philly, probably Philly on the run line here. Noah Syndergaard on the hill for Philadelphia. 
The Padres will take on the Marlins. Great pitching matchup. Joe Musgrove against Sandy Alcantara at one time. These were the one and two in the National League Cy Young race. Right now, Alcantara is such a heavy, heavy favorite to win this award. Uh, he's at minus 260. Corbin Burns is plus 850, so it's not even close. But six and a half is the total. It's very low. But it makes sense. Alcantara is not going to give up much. He might give up two runs, maybe three at the most. But the Marlins, they have not scored. They have not scored more than three runs in a game in the month of August. I mean, it's been like 16 days, 15 straight games, whatever it is. They've scored three or less runs. So I think the first five unders a play here because uh, I don't think the Marlins are going to score. And I think if Alcantara can keep the Padres, you know, who a little, little, little bit of travel, Padres going from D.C. to Miami or whatever, um, I, I like the under in this game, the under first five. Uh, Marcus Stroman gets to start for the Cubs, going to get, going up against Josiah Gray of the Nationals. You got the Cubs, minus 140. Oh, by the way, Padres are favored, minus 135 in that spot over the Marlins. Cubs are minus 140 against the Nationals, total of 8.5. No run, no line yet out for the Rays and the Yankees. Garrett Cole is supposed to get the start for the Yankees. The Rays have not announced a starting pitcher. It might be Ryan Yarbrough. It could be Yacobonis. They're going to probably just have a bullpen day. But the Yankees coming off of Sunday Night Baseball are a fade. Remember, we like fading the teams coming off of Sunday Night Baseball and traveling. Yankees going from Boston down to Tampa. Also, the Yankees are 3-11 and in their last 14 games. LeMahieu's out of the lineup. Stanton's out of the lineup. This is a weakened Yankee team, 8-15 and since the All-Star break, but 3-11 and in their last 14 games. Uh, I, I like the Rays at the plus money price. Maybe Rays plus 1.5 if you think that they can lose a close game. Uh, Orioles take on the Blue Jays. Key series, wild card race. Kyle Bradish goes for the Orioles. Yusei Kikuchi goes for Toronto. Blue Jays minus 165. I like the Orioles, uh, just, and I like the over as well because Kikuchi cannot be trusted. Mets will take on the Braves in this clutch series in the National League East standings. The Mets, by virtue of them winning against the Braves and then winning against the Phillies, have opened up a five-and-a-half game lead in the division, so they could definitely do more damage if they were able to take two of three from the Braves here. Spencer Strider gets the start for Atlanta against Carlos Carrasco for the Mets. Atlanta minus 140. And honestly, anytime you take this Mets team at plus money and Diaz had an off day, which means he's available here, I, I feel like you just got to take the plus money with the Mets. Uh, let's see. Elsewhere, we run down this Monday schedule. You got the... Royals at the Twins, Chris Bubik against uh, Joe Ryan, Minnesota minus 195. A's at the Rangers, Texas minus 160, Glenn Otto for Texas, James Caprillion for Oakland. Astros at the White Sox, Houston minus 135, Johnny Cueto, Jose Urquidy. Dodgers at the Brewers, Julio Urias, and uh, we got Freddie Peralta, Dodgers minus 170. Mariners at the Angels, Luis Castillo against Shohei Otani, great pitching matchup there. LA minus 120, total of six and a half. I like the Mariners at plus money there. And the Diamondbacks at the Giants, no line out just yet. Madison Bumgarner and Alex Cobb, your scheduled starters. Coming up on Monday mornings, follow the money. Michael Lombardi, our very own host here at VSIN, former NFL executive, will join the program at 8 a.m. Eastern time. And then Mike Detillier, uh, Detillier from WWL 
Saints, uh, Saints Report writer who will join the program uh, as well. It's all coming up on Monday mornings. Follow the money. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.